What's up, everybody? It is Hotline League episode 123. Of course, this coverage and this show is brought to you by Alienware. Uh, it's a bit of a different show for us this week because literally, and I mean literally, nothing has happened. Uh, it has been maybe the quietest week in League of Legends history that I can remember in a long time. Uh, partially because there's just we're an entire month out from any LCS. I guess the only thing that happened is there's a streamathon, but there's nothing really to talk about there. Uh, we haven't heard any roster changes or anything, so I don't know. Uh, I guess I guess we just uh, we're just gonna have to figure it out. No, uh, Mark and I figured out the uh, situation here, where uh, I don't know the answer to your question, Mark. Um, oh, uh, I could potentially, I don't have a, a, a 10 out of 10 firm source on it, but I have like an eight out of 10 firm source. Oh, we, here's the problem. If I say don't do anything now, that's just going to become like a huge issue for the rest of the evening. So let's just here before we get into it. And by the way, sorry guys, my camera for some reason I have an issue. So I'm using a shittier camera. Uh, before we get into it, Mark, how's your week been? It's been good. Anything else? Um, no, like you said, nothing happened. Uh, it's equally true on my end. Um, I guess the biggest things I can say uh, is that Avatar came out over the weekend, and I watched that with Ashley, and we watched a show on Netflix called The Great. Wait, Avatar came out? What Avatar? Avatar Last Airbender is on Netflix now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Sorry, you said it came out as if like some new Avatar movie or something hit. No, um, just the just the good old Just the good old hanging just, out. Just just some good old Netflix. Well, anyway, uh so I I think what we have decided to do for this episode is that uh Probably a bit of a shorter episode, not probably the t full two hours, uh, but I think that we're going to uh, discuss basically like any questions you guys have for Mark and I. Uh, we've been doing this show for a long time. Uh, Mark wanted to call it an AMA. I don't know if it's. I feel like I that tweeted that so it's overused. an AMA. It's um, you. You ask us anything. Yes. Well, regardless, it's just the literal anything, acronym. Almost anything. Uh, AMAA is another common. And so basically, it's kind of like, hey, let's just have an open dialogue about the show, or content, how we're doing, all Our that kind of stuff. in general. Yes, yeah, exactly. You may ask me anything. I might not answer it. But. You might not get... You can ask anything. Mark might not pull you into the waiting room, I think. is yeah, Maybe that's how that works. Because we are still mostly doing it the same way. Um, as the regular show, we'll be perusing the Discord, pulling you in. And, you know, hopefully you're asking engaging questions. So it's not going to quite be like an AMA where you're like, just rest. You know, like that was the the staple AMA question on the League subreddit for literally almost a decade. Tragically. Yeah, it's been, it's been that for quite some time. Uh, either way, so we could do that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's how it's going to go. So uh, right now you can start to put your questions into the pleb topics and subtopics chat on discord you can do exclamation mark discord in the chat if you need a link and uh and mark will start pulling stuff from there and then we'll just get into it how was um, your week traps did you say i wasn't listening uh it's man quarantine's starting to get to me i definitely last week felt like death by a thousand cuts 
Um, and I really want to... I don't know. I, like, so last time around this year, uh, last year around this time, I started, I did like a, a big industry get together for my birthday. And I kind of wish I could do that, but obviously I can't. Uh, I travel a lot. And so the fact that I can't travel right now is definitely starting to get to me a bit. Um, like, I'd really love to just go to Hawaii. It's It sucks having nothing going on in league and just being stuck at home and yeah this uh, is prime vacation time that we're not being able to use yeah and it's not like i'm like i want to go on crazy adventures it's just uh i you I like know, palm it's... springs i like wine tasting and those are just not options yeah there's just a lot of things that that we can't do so uh it's just been definitely like i feel as though quarantine stuff comes in waves for me where sometimes the weeks feel great where I'm like, yeah, this is fantastic. You know, I'm having a good time playing video games with friends and uh, getting some stuff done around the house and that's great. And then every now and then there's just a week, like uh, maybe this past one where I'm just like, man, life sucks. Anyway, let's, uh, do we got any questions? Yeah, we have uh, a couple. I mean, one's going to be the obvious one that you would expect. Great. Sure. You ready? Is that the first one we're going into? Um, all right. So it looks like we've got our first uh, caller here of the night. Let's see. Where are... Let's see. Uh, did, I don't. I actually don't know how to pronounce your name. What is your name? <laughs> so uh, it's just Shynock. Like you're very shy and you're knocking on somebody's door. Okay. Shynock. Where are you calling from? Uh, originally from Manhattan, but back home in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania during quarantine. Nice. Well, good to talk to you. Uh, and hope everything is going okay for you during quarantine. What would you like to talk about tonight? So I wanted to talk to you guys. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are looking to get into the industry in some capacity, whether that's on a content creation side, an analyst side. Uh, but coming from a financial analyst point of view, uh, what do you guys generally recommend as the best way forward? Uh, for example, one thing that I've been doing, and I've talked to you, Travis, about this was... Uh, the LCS social media analytics that I put together and try to put oh, yeah. out there to just get some sort of awareness towards things. Oh, were you the one who did the, did I see this on Reddit, like the gains that they had to each uh, platform? Uh, I didn't post it on Reddit this time. I around, linked it to you, but, Mark. Oh, maybe that's where I saw it. I remember so I saw some spreadsheet with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I had somebody re recently reach out to me to actually look a little bit further into it on the, the actual conversion. So what's the percentage of likes and retweets to the actual followings that they have. Right. Right. Uh, but anyways, that's obviously just a side project, but like, what do you recommend as the best way forward other than just waiting for a job at riot or and, any of the, and what is it that? specifically that you want to do for me? I'm kind of between, uh, either staff accountant level right now or financial analysts, not necessarily at a senior level. Uh, but there's really nothing available right now, obviously with Corona going on, but then just in general, the positions are few and far between. Mark, should I tackle this or, or do you want to start? Well, I figured this would be a good um, general, like, cause I, I we're going to get a million of these, right? Like yeah. how do you get into esports? What's the best way to get into esports? So I figured we'd start with it. We can give some general advice and then maybe tackle his particular. Sure. So, so angle. first off, uh, you know, we're going to do 
you know, a couple minutes on this, but I do have a video that I made on my YouTube channel years ago called how to get a job in esports. And most people who are like personalities have actually done some sort of video or article like that because, uh, everybody gets this question so often and I tend to refer people to that. So it's a little lengthier and, and talks about it. Uh, I broadly speaking, before we get into your specific thing, I, my advice for people is always to start doing something. Um, because I think a lot of people say like, how do I get into esports? And the answer is never going to be, well, you just need to ask somebody or you need to just, you know, wait around and hope it happens. Uh, the great thing about esports is there are a lot of like grassroots levels to it. Uh, there's a lot of people that look for volunteer stuff. There's stuff like what you have done, um, caller where you have already started to like collect this information and you, you post this stuff on Reddit or you've shared it with different, uh, personalities or people in the space, data, et cetera. Like I always think, you know, you should just start figuring out ways to either volunteer or, uh, create something or do, do something to start contributing to the industry. And that's how you will start to meet more people or you have a higher chance of breaking out. Or when you go to apply for a job that exists already, um, uh, at riot or at another place, a team or something, you'll have a body of work to show like that you are not a standard, you know, analyst that has decided to just start applying for jobs. Yeah. I think the big thing I always tell people is that, you know, it's an industry. It is not a job. You can't, you don't work in esports. I mean, you, you, you kind of do, but like you're a social media manager, you're an analyst, you're uh, a business operations person, you're working as an agent, you're working as a content. Like there's so many things within esports that like a lot of people, this is like step one to getting into esports is like, what the fuck do you want to do actually? Because um, you can't just say I want to work in esports. So to the callers, uh, you know, to his credit, he's taken the first step and kind of understands one what he wants to do on some level, and two, like Travis was saying, body of work. Like very few people just got their job in esports. Like almost every single one of them will have some little story they can tell you. Oh, I started this little website or this little blog, or I was posting on Gold for Ten, Gold for Ten, Gold for Five, whatever that trash site was. <laughs> Pretend, I think. Uh, yeah, where people could like just put up free articles uh, for their takes and stuff, you know, like a lot of people have that kind of background. And so like all of us put in volunteer legwork on some level before it became our careers, even in the later stages, like Tim Seve Houston, the guy who runs Oracle's Elixir, like he just, he just made that shit. And now he's like part of companies and stuff and, and working on data analytics, you know, all over the place. So like, you know, if, if you... I, I, financial advising, let me say, is probably one of the worst things I could give advice on to the caller. But I think that the general advice holds true, and he already seems to be going down that route. And you said someone reached out to you, soft knocks. Uh, what, what, what do you call you, soft? We keep calling you the caller because neither of us know what to call you. <laughs> uh, shy knock, but it, shy you, knock. you can call me whatever the hell you want. It really doesn't matter. All right, shy knock. You said someone reached out to you already about about something. No, just uh, further developing the idea that I already put forward, which is right. digging into the social media data. It's, right. I mean, it's not substantial. It's just on the side stuff. You're right. Yeah. And you didn't post it on, on Reddit or anything, right? No, I did originally, but I didn't want it to be considered spam or anything in that regard. So I you have to be just... careful on the subreddit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think doing stuff like that is a way to get noticed and for people 
to I let's just put it this way. I think a lot of people in the industry are always looking for self starters and people that can do really impressive stuff, and they get hit with a ton of resumes um, by people who say, you know, like, oh, I have this degree and I'm fresh college or whatever. But uh, I think what you're doing there is already a good thing. And then, yeah, I mean, it, the problem is for that type of work, like you are actually, you, you should do ancillary stuff, but you are probably looking to find just like a job opening, essentially at some sort of place where you, know, you just have to keep an eye on everybody's job postings and their Twitter accounts yeah. and all that kind of thing. That's, that's the other thing a lot of people don't do is once again, treating it like a job. Like if you want to get hired, you have to actually like read read the papers like people used to do. Go follow every team's social media. Go check their websites. Go check for if they have job listings. Um, you can even potentially look into things that are not your first option. Maybe you want to work for a team, but there's an agency who could use you, or you could potentially fit in for a little bit to get your foot in the door and like you know work your way up in different ways. So like those are those are all different avenues that all can help. And then just really quickly, because I know like half the people I get asked this question to probably because I am a content creator are, are content creators um, and just, or they want to be a content creator. They want to create something uh, really it's about like the people who want to become musicians or artists or writers or any of these things professionally, they never say, Hey, I want to be, a professional painter or, and now I will, you know, I've now made the Mona Lisa. this, I've now made this thing, uh, and I'm not getting jobs, you know, or, or where, where do I get this professional job? I think content creators need to start doing stuff because they want to do it first, not because they want to turn it into a career and they want to create stuff and you just, you got to grind it like any other type of, of thing you, you know, you, you want to learn how to write, you got to write a ton. You want to learn how to paint, you got to start learning how to paint. Like you look at other people, you see what they do. You try to find guides and stuff for that type of stuff. And then you just, you just do it over and over again until you get better. And you never make at least initially the goal, like this needs to be my career, uh, until you have gotten far enough into it where like it either naturally happens or you feel like you're at a point where you can jump into it. So, yeah. Uh, definitely agree. Content. I always feel like I, I hear people from on the content creator angle being like, "Oh, it's hard to get in now. The space is more crowded." Uh, it's like, ah, there's also more eyeballs and shit. You've got to. What What makes you stand out? Like, why should people watch you? And if you don't have something that's a pretty good reason, then people won't watch you. Yeah. Steve in the chat wants to know how you got into esports, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I um. So for people who don't know, I got my start with Team Liquid back when they were called Curse. It was after Season 3 Worlds or like right around then. They were like, we're going to do open tryouts for every position. I sent an email and I was like, are you doing tryouts for analysts and staff members as well? And he was like, sure. And so I had in my free time beforehand, for fun, I was a big CLG EU fan. I prepared scouting documents and stuff for them. And I sent them to all the members. Only Yellow Pete responded to me. And it was kind of more just like, hey, thanks, dude. This is whatever. Um, but I had now a body of work like Travis is talking about. So when I applied, I could send this stuff along. Steve was like, sure, why the fuck not? And gave me a couple um, volunteer assignments to do. I did those. Eventually, I started getting closer to the team where I was like watching their scrims and stuff. And it just progressed from there. Uh, so, yeah. 
that's that's how it works. Steve Steve was my my way in. Uh, Shinock, hopefully we helped answer some of your questions and maybe some questions from other people. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next uh, caller? Uh, I actually just wanted to respond to something that I saw in chat. Somebody said uh, that they wish esports had a presence in New York City. Uh, a few companies to watch out for when you're there. Obviously, Take Two Interactive, Legadeer, who is a European-based company but does a lot of agency work with Riot and uh, League of Legends, and there are a few others. So just keep an eye out. But obviously, job openings are few and far in between. Yeah, I also think it's a mistake to just say, "Hey, I live in X place. There's no way I can do something in in esports." Like there are a lot of remote jobs in esports, uh, and depending on what you're looking to do. Um, you don't necessarily, yeah, there's tons of levels to it too. Like you might be like, I want to work league of legends only. And it's like, well, that's pretty, pretty narrow, but like there's collegiate level esports. There's like esports arenas in different places around. Like I know Toronto has a relatively big esports scene. I don't know what the fuck you would do there, but like if you, if you lived in Toronto and you couldn't move to LA right now, I'd at least get a start in seeing what options you have in Toronto. Well, Hey, thanks Shinock for calling in and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, guys. Steve, if you need a CPA, I'm your man. Have a good one. <laughs> uh, Mark, by the way, I forgot to... So last week was so action-packed that I never told the story. You and I had a bet, uh, and we should talk about the settling of that bet. So uh, Beer? Yes. So we bet that... And I think I took three to one odds that some, like, a team would beat Cloud9 in the finals, or Cloud9 would not be the team that won spring split. And I yeah, think this we was took back this in like week four or three yes. as well. So it wasn't like, you know, they were the 17 and one team that Travis made this bet on. I think it might have even been later. It might have been like five or eh, it was probably like four or five. It was it was four because Cloud Nine tweeted it. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh because early on we and we didn't know that Team Liquid was gonna continue to be such a shit show and uh anyway, I'm not gonna make excuses. Yeah. But I so so the bet was Bud Light. Now, what was very funny was, yeah, it must have been early on because I met, after we made this bet, I met the guys uh, that do the Bud Light stuff for Riot or with Riot, and they, I told them about the bet, and they were like, hit us up. So they actually, <laughs> I, I paid out the bet, but actually they sent you that order. I did not get that delivered. They oh, actually, you didn't even I didn't pay for pay it. Me. No, no. I got Bud Light to send it to you. So shout out to Bud Light for settling my debt for me so that I didn't have to spend any money on on that. All right. Well, on the one hand, that's cool. On the other hand, it suddenly tastes not quite as sweet. Something is just now that I'm thinking back on it, that Bud Light didn't taste quite as savory as it should have, um, knowing that it was your money I was drinking. Yes. Well, I... Uh... I appreciate Bud Light helping me out. And that's, you know, that's what it is. When you're a business like Travis Gafford Industries, you can leverage your relationships with those in the industry to help strategically outmaneuver your bets, I guess. Anyway, was that your cat meowing? Yeah, it's the door shut in here. Oh, one's got his paw through the door. They're, <laughs> they're cute. All right, sorry. I'll, I'm going to, I'll get the next call. Okay. All right. Uh, some shout-outs, by the way, to Mystic Zebra One Three Seven, Fretful Winter Two, and Nineteen Ninety Seven. Just do your job for eighteen. Oh, sorry, for four months. And then Cat for Kobe gave gave out five community subs. That's awesome. Thank you, 
at for Kobe. Uh, we got GD Nerd here. GD Nerd, where are you calling from? Santa Clara, California. Santa Clara, California. Okay, not too far. Uh, you've been on the show before. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago about the why bother with the poaching rule thing. I tried oh. to get back on last week because I'm super pissed at TSM. Uh, okay. Um, and I'm done with them as a fan after 10 years after that. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, is that uh, what we're talking about or what did you want to talk about? Yeah, on the show? So tonight, I was going to say, I'm, I'm here to make a deal. Okay. How many gifted subs would it take to get a cat for Kobe? This is like, the, call, the second call. A sub counter right now. And we just counted up all the gifted subs. They're done for the rest of the night. How many would it take? Um, okay. Put a price on it, Travis. Well, since this is an AMA, I will, I will directly address this. Okay. I, uh, I am by no means a cat hater. I can't believe I'm actually addressing this finally. I am by no means a cat hater. I don't like, um, it's not like I have some disinterest in, in cats. I think what I am not interested in is living with a cat because I know Mark will protest, but like there are a lot of downsides to living with a cat and having your roommate get the cat doesn't like, it's still going to be somewhat my responsibility. So, yeah, but so I'm saying, how how many subs would it take to offset what you perceive as the downside? I am not interested in selling access to this apartment to a cat, uh, no matter the amount of subs. So, like, like, if someone was like, "I will give you a million dollars to get a cat," you wouldn't do it, because there's always a number. I mean, I guess if if somebody wants to pay enough where I can have rent in a completely different apartment for multiple years, um. Plus more, right? Because obviously there's inconvenience in the fact that I would have to move to a different apartment or whatever. Then, yeah, I don't mind letting my roommate have a cat because I can go live in an even nicer place potentially. And, yeah, I think the problem is is that that's probably, I don't know, it's L.A., right? So, like, 50 to 100 grand um, or more. Over a year, you mean? I mean, what, not over a year. I don't, I'm not paying 50 grand for... for okay, so let's try and do a 10 thousand sub train you don't even need ten thousand you need like, subs you, you need like one thousand no 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 what's uh, your split your splits well you're you're not publicly allowed to say what your split is but i can tell you, you most can. of most people have uh i think you're able to say most people it's been reported have like two like a 50 50 split so it's like two dollars two dollars and fifty cents that is what the average person has now some people have higher so really? maybe mine is higher but yeah it's not most people get 50-50. I mean, I don't work for Twitch, so I think I can just say it. I thought most people had three. Three three to 3.75, I thought, and some had four if you're a real fucking big heavyweight in the scene. Yeah, I don't I don't know if anybody who has four. I'll put it that way. Um, but I, I do did. know that, like... <laughs> or I did. A fi- I, I think you're allowed to say affiliates... I, again, like... I. I don't know. There's like a NDA. I would be careful thought, with this. I thought affiliate was 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 the fifty fifty split. I mean, yeah, I but I think I I think I have heard rumors that partners who come out of affiliate also still get two fifty. I think I'm allowed oh. to say that. I don't know. Regardless, uh, all I'm once, saying once you is actually signed a contract with with them once you got a real. Contract, I mean, I think it's changed over the up. years, and like again, they do different deals. Surely, like Summit, for instance, is not getting like the two fifty or whatever, but. All, all I'm saying is I do not think that three or 10,000 subs would cover 
the cost of the apartment for. But that's a one-time thing, right? You're, you would need you would need like a thousand subs for the year, right? So more like twelve hundred. If you're getting an average I mean twelve thousand a year. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Whatever. Anyway, it's not. There's not a, a good enough. It's not going to work. Did we want to no. have more conversations about why I actually don't want the cat? Or, I mean, or, you haven't given a good reason yet. The good reason is I am not. I was about to, but then I got cut off by GD nerd. You didn't start with the best reason. You started with the lame. Like I don't want to have to sometimes take care of it. You'll have to. I don't. I think that's a reasonable. Yes, you do have to. Let's no, say, you can be like, dude. I will not take care of your cat if you get it. You can give it to Mark or the one of inconveniences your other continue to exist. So, for instance, cats tend to destroy things. Like they don't. Yes, they do. What cats, do they destroy? Furniture. Rugs? Only if your only if your cat's shit. Here's that the thing. Everyone that always on says owner. my cats don't ruin anything. Everyone always says, "Oh, that's just this type of cat." But then that their cat has like a different thing, right? Where it's like, "Oh yeah, it pees in the bed sometimes," or "Oh yeah, my cat has I don't know any number of different issues." Like that's just the way. Like your cat, for instance, whenever I was visiting, was trying to bite my hair. That is in a situation I don't want to occur in my apartment. Doesn't happen if you just move the cat away. But I don't want to have to move the cat away. Like, you don't want to have to move your arms. That's just too much. No, I just don't want to deal with the cat. Like, I moved into the home under the 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 idea that I would not have to share it with an animal because I don't want to deal with those things. And like, I feel like it's perfectly reasonable for me to have that stance. You know, everybody's allowed to choose their own living situation. No, it makes you sound like a dictator. I don't think it is. I think if, if, uh, you like, for instance, if Kobe had said, Hey, when we move in, I want to get a cat. I would say, okay, cool. I don't think this is going to be the right living situation. I don't want to live with a cat. And then we wouldn't be living together. Yeah, just makes you sound like a horrible, horrible person. I don't know if it does. I feel like I feel like I have the right to decide for myself the you're living gonna, situation this, I want to be in. You're gonna get your a second vod ratioed in a row. With this take. I mean, normally, normally after one uh, YouTube video gets ratioed. Uh, you see it for a while after. Like, there was a guy who commented on the YouTube video that was like, I will dislike every single video you post now just to try to fuck with the algorithm. Like, people just have a lot of time. And they, uh, so usually you yeah. see, like, you know, we, every, I don't know, 15 to 20 episodes, I would say, we get a, a, a YouTube video where, or Hotline League video where it gets 50 50 like dislike ratio. The next week will be something like, I don't know, uh, 75, 25 or 80, 20. And then it goes back eventually to like the next one. So it, there's always a tail on that stuff. Uh, all right. Um, here's what Travis meant to say is if you guys didn't like the last episode, then you can just get the fuck out. GD nerd. Any final thoughts? Yeah. So I just want to say, sorry, chat. Sorry, Kobe. I tried, uh, Fire the Reddit mods into the sun and uh Oh my god, we play. can't endorse that. <laughs> have a have a good one. You too.
All right. Uh, next caller. <laughs> this is a, a disastrous episode already. Uh, some more shout outs to some folks. Let's see. Um, Red Rain cheered 100 bits. The Noblet, thank you for the seven months. Boba Cola at 33 months. Boba Cola, you and somebody else are usually uh, competing. Bodies by Burt, King McGillicuddy, Akira NB, uh, I think, oh, ZBake05, and uh, WRS666, and then Iceman gifted another sub. Pretentious Fly is here. Pretentious Fly, where are you calling from? Uh, yeah, Colin from uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Where in Wisconsin? Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Can't spell it. <laughs> well, what do you uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, yeah, I was calling in to see if you think it's worth investing time into improving at a game, even if you know it's not going to become a career. Um, like, is it worth it to invest like two or three thousand hours into a game just for enjoyment? if you know that it's taking away from like other career paths that you could be working on. Sorry, investing into a game at the cost of a career path. Yeah. So like, if you think about it, taking two or 3000 hours of your life to play a game for fun, right? If you use that on something else, well, what's the time frame? Cause two uh, or 3000 hours is, I mean, if you're doing it over for a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, my question would be, is it worth, investing that time into a game like playing it competitively and often if you know that it will never reach a point where where like you're going to make a living or where you're going to be able to If it's to something you're enjoying yourself. or something you're that's helping to fulfill you then sure for instance I probably have thousands of hours in World of Warcraft but I and I I gained a lot from that experience right like I have friends now that I wouldn't have had if without that I have skill sets that I wouldn't have if, if I hadn't been like a raid leader and a guild leader. I think, I think it's perfectly fine to invest time into something that is, you know, assuming that it's like a healthy decision, you're not like, this is the only free time I have outside of my job and my family. And I am only investing it into this. Uh, but I think, you know, that's, that's fine. People do that with all sorts of different stuff, right? Like some people are super into tennis and they do that or, instruments or any number of different things again also to mark's point also just depends on like the time frame right like if you're doing that all within a single year and it's like three thousand hours that's pretty intense but uh you know just it just kind of depends well right i mean like to your point about it's the i think a lot comes down to like what travis said what are you getting out of it and like what are you putting into it not just hours but like if you want to improve but it's making you really mad and you fucking leave every session playing a game tilted out of your mind, and you're not really enjoying it, then that's not necessarily the same thing as Travis being like, I played WoW, and it was fun, and I made friends. And same way, you know, I'm saying, like, you can put thousands... I put thousands of hours... I don't even want to know how many hours I've put into how many some games. I put, like, 400 hours into Dark Souls in one year on top of playing other games, you know? like So I, I can't imagine what I go through. But, like, I'm not doing that at the cost of my careers went back when like I was before I was in esports, you know, like I would not like if I if I was working a job or trying to pursue another career, I would not be like, oh, I'll just play another game real quick so I can get better at this thing and and put off the work I was supposed to do. Like those 
if you're doing if you're getting really mad and it's just making your life more miserable or b one, one and b uh you're actually har- harming your future with this then yeah probably not the best idea and i had a follow-up second half to that is do you find it necessary to be good at a game for you to enjoy it no i've not no, i'm, not, I, I'm, I, I'm I like terrible almost every game that i play so and i enjoy a lot of games so i i don't i definitely don't think it's it's necessary yeah i mean i'm like i think i was I've been diamond in league and diamond in TFT. Those are probably the two highest ratings I've ever gotten in any game. Uh, Melee was the only game, was one of the few games I put significant time into and I would like actually sit there and train. Uh, and I would have been bronze at that game if there was if I played ladder on Dolphin and stuff. So, uh, But I still had a lot of fun getting my shit pushed in by my roommate. So yeah, I think, uh, I think it's fine. All right. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Is there is there a reason that, that well like I have a question what prompted this question was there something um, that that you're you're like thinking about let's like, let's get a layer deeper huh Travis oh man <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna psychologist me um, with my so, zero credentials yes <laughs> so my friends and I have played League of Legends for a good number of years I've probably been in for about seven uh, and it was something I got into because everyone at my high school played and it was kind of a backwards society where if you didn't play video games, you got beat up for being not a nerd. How are are nerds beating them up if they're playing games all the time? Oh, man. They had a lot of free time, too. Okay. Um, (laughs) Some fucking yoked-ass nerds walking down the halls. Yeah, dude. Terrifying. Um, Some heavy laptops they carried. So we've had, like, a friend group play League of Legends for the longest time, and, I don't know, slowly everyone gets more and more angry, and I have this kind of a, a... background theory that i believe that when you reach your peak at a game it stops being fun and uh so it's just kind of like me wondering to myself like is it worth it for me to continue spending hours every day playing a game that i'm not having fun at and i love the professional scene and i love watching people play and i love learning everything about it but then when i find myself playing i'm just thinking like I'm putting time into a dead end activity. Yeah, if you don't enjoy it, then I don't think it it makes sense for you to do that. Yeah, I um, yeah. I used to play guitar a lot. I don't do it anymore, but I, I pick it up and start learning guitar for fun, quote unquote. But I, you know, like I think everyone who's who started playing guitar has had that moment where you just like look down, you yell "fuck" at your hands, and they hurt, and nothing sounds right. Um, but at the end of the day, I was still enjoying it, and I think you can get frustrated. That's fine. It can lead nowhere. I've done nothing with my musical talents. They've all faded away and become trash again. Uh, but it was a fun skill to learn for a little bit. And I think that's just how a lot of games can be. They're fun for a little bit and you move on. And if yeah. you don't move on and you just fucking hate yourself as you play because you can't get any better, that's a, that's a different problem. Yeah, makes sense. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Uh, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller, Pretentious Fly? Uh, I got two things. I wish Riot would make a trading card game so I could spend all my money and become homeless. And uh, Travis is right. Cats aren't worth it. Thanks so much for the call. Is Runeterra, it's not technically a trading card game. a trading card game, yeah. It's a CCG that you grind to get. And you honestly can't... You can't even even whale it. Yeah. I mean, you can, I guess, in the very beginning. They have a lot of cosmetic stuff, but you can't... You can't just, like... Buy all of that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, 
next caller? Or is this, uh, yes. This? We can do one more call and then we'll take a break. Okay. Magmavire, thank you for the uh, seven months. Iceman, gift to the sub. Oh, I think I got that already. Globus, thank you for the 14 months. I hate Snarf, thank you for the 10, or no, 19. Holy moly. Uh, Icy Decay for the 13. And then Red Rain gifted another five subs, which I believe puts him up on, him or her up on Iceman by four. Not that it's a competition. Globus is here. Globus, where are you calling from? I think it's Globus. Uh, no, it's Globus. I tried correcting Mark, and uh, he, he stood by the Globus. Uh, I'm calling from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Ah, nice. Canada. How are you doing up there? Uh, pretty good. Uh, we've been pretty lucky here in Manitoba that things are fairly normal as much as they can be. Yeah. Well, Manitoba, I feel like, is a place that probably ex- experiences very little range of of craziness. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I want to talk about uh, last year at the Detroit Finals. Uh, a few of me and my friends drove for 18 hours to get to the finals from here in Winnipeg. Uh, we were very excited, bought those tickets right away. How many we hours? Were hyped at 18 hours. We drove wow. overnight. We each did, I think, six hours. Um, Road trip. Yeah, we actually called into Hotline League that night in the car. I think I remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, and we got there, and we were excited because the one thing we wanted to see more than anything in the world was Hotline League live. We wanted to see Travis himself and be on this show but you guys didn't do it. So we had to throw our own party and we invited you, Travis, and you didn't show up. Why did you not show up to our big Detroit fan party? We this threw was our own in Detroit party. and Yeah, we had 30 plus people. What night was it? It was the Friday. So it was the night that I think everyone was getting in. Yeah, I think I think honestly I was just hanging out with friends who had also flown in that night that I don't normally get to see. And I got dinner with them and hung out. So you put friends before your career, before your fans, before the people that sub how many more gifted subs you'd have. If you just actually am pretty, (laughs) I'm actually pretty loyal to my friends. So I actually have no problem saying I put my friends before my career and before viewers that might obsess, upset people. But like, (laughs) I, I, I actually like, I really value friends and friendship, uh, and I I try to do a lot to support the people in my life. And I also obviously really value the viewers and stuff. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to diminish that because, you know, I don't know. I obviously wouldn't be here without folks, but I, I have no problem saying that for one evening in Detroit, I did I did prioritize my friends. I, uh, I prioritize my career 100%. Uh, Travis is not my friend. He is the host for my leeching. Uh, the reason I have limited myself from having a, a stream of my own is because I just know it would take over my life. So it's protective to stop me from uh, abusing all my relationships for personal gain. Yeah. Well, if I may, I, I'm glad to hear that you say you put friends first uh, because at, on Saturday, I, we actually ran into you and I got a picture with you and got to meet you for a minute, Travis. Nice. Uh, I was in the clutch jersey. You don't remember. I, was the, uh, I probably said, made a comment about it. Uh, well, it, I actually got to call into the, the dive with Mark and, and make a comment about that too, which was a lot of fun. Cause I was the only guy in the clutch Jersey, Nice. but nice. what I wanted to say was when we met you, I, I said how I've tried to call in the show multiple times and you immediately threw Mark under the bus and said, blame. He Mark. does that all As the time. I do, yes. So well, do. how are you putting friends ahead, but then also blaming Mark? Um, I think 
that it's important to let, I would never lie to a viewer. You know, it, as much as I do prioritize friends, what is Mark? Okay. As much as I do prioritize friends, I would never lie to a viewer. And it is very true that Mark controls the folks that come on and don't come on. Are you just, I hear her screaming in the background, Mark. She had some like lotions and shit on the on the thing behind the bedstand behind me. Yeah, and I tried to I tried to roll it at her, and it just rolled into the corner. So she was sorry, yeah. podcast listeners. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, either way, yeah, no, I mean, Mark, Mark chooses which folks come on, and uh, I don't control that. It's I mean, it, nobody can ever like it is it is completely true. I basically almost never look in the pleb topics or subtopics channels. Uh, because I'm busy handling, I don't know, production stuff, like when my speakers blow up. And and so when people are upset that, like, their their question didn't get pulled or their take didn't get pulled, it's like, I, I have nothing to say to them. I can't help you. That's not me. That's okay. I, I haven't had any very, very many good takes. Uh, the one being the one on the dive where I actually said Clutch would be the best performing team at Worlds, and I'm not entirely wrong, so I'm going to take my own personal victory lap for that one. Hopefully Mark can remember that so I can get some credit. Wait, how are you not wrong? Uh, Clutch performs in some some of the better matchups at Worlds last year for NA. Didn't they have the worst record? Yeah, they in the not hardest win a game? Group, yeah. I'm now well. understanding why Mark doesn't pull you uh, <laughs> for stuff. Thanks yeah, so much for that. calling. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, very genuinely, uh, I love the show. Uh, I'm so glad that I got to meet you when I did, and I hope that when this is all over, we get to see more of these events in person. I would love to see more fan events, uh, kind of like a little party that we threw out in Detroit, and hopefully we get back to this normalcy. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, here's what I'll say. At all of these events, Mark and I really want to do live hotline leagues. Sometimes it doesn't always make sense for the situation or, or our sponsors or whatever, right? Uh, we we were really actually one of the reasons I was you know so sad about spring finals not being feasible given the current environment was because we were going to do what I thought was going to be our biggest coolest hotline league live yet um, and the fact that we couldn't do it it's it's I mean you know the lesser thing is it's a financial loss but it's the bigger thing is it's just it sucks because I really enjoy those moments of connecting and they are really really fun like I like hotline league a lot. Uh, I think Mark does too. We've done so many episodes more than any other show I've done. And uh, the live versions are just like everything I love about the show, but even bigger. So um, sorry we weren't able to do one for you, and we always try to. So thank you for your call, though. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks again, guys. Shout out to Alienware. Yeah, have a good one. All right. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break, actually, as we are shouting out to Alienware and talk about Alienware, uh, which, by the way, just announced... Some really cool stuff over on their website. Uh, you can check that all out at alienware.com slash Travis. I was unaware that this banner was here until I clicked this. And uh, I got to say, okay, I know this is a sponsored segment, but like, I really, I'm hoping that they can get a picture of me with a beard because this is a really old picture of me. And uh, like this guy's wearing an alternate jersey. I'm going to talk to them. Anyway, go to alienware.com slash Travis. You can see this picture of me without a beard. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but they announced some new stuff, uh, including, oh, by the way, here's a cool Valorant interview that Launders and I did. 
including uh, a new Aurora, a new Area 51M, and a new update or new updates to all these things, including the M15 M17. They did that this past uh, week, and uh, I know there's actually going to be some. I don't know if I can talk about it yet. There's going to be something happening on Thursday. I hope I can talk. Let's see. Let's see if they've promoted anything. Marcy's in the chat right now. She'll let me know if I can say uh, anything about it. Oh, she says I can. Okay, great. Marcy from Alienware is in the chat. Uh, she's AW Citrine. I uh, this this Thursday they are doing a virtual event because normally, and this is I think is quite smart. Um, normally, you know, hardware manufacturers like Alienware they unveil this big stuff at like E3s or PAX, whatever. Obviously, there's none of that happening this year, so they're going to create like a virtual environment that you can go through and explore on your browser where you can like come and interact. And in that virtual world, we'll actually be doing a TFT event. Uh, more details to come. We're finalizing the people that will be in it, but it's just going to be like a fun little show match thing uh, with some stakes. And uh, I think I can say... I can't. I don't know if I can say guess yet because we haven't had them finalized or approved. But some familiar faces are going to be on that. So group of some of my industry friends are going to do that. So tune into that, but also go check out the virtual environment. They've got some other cool stuff. I think they've got a Valorant thing happening and several different things. So uh, go check that out. Oh yeah, Steve is in the chat right now talking about that. So either way, follow their socials and my socials. You'll see that this Thursday, uh, just in a couple days. Uh, and thank you so much to Alienware for supporting so much of what we do. Go to alienware.com slash Travis to check out more of their stuff. Mark, your hair is, uh, your hair is making me sad. Why as fuck? What? Red Rain, Final Fantasy fourteen just gifted five more subs in the chat. Pulling ahead of Iceman 1986 by quite a bit. It's not a competition though. Ichiru, thank you for the 32 months. Oh, wow. Pretty, pretty long. Boogles, thank you for the prime. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. See, Mark is grabbing our next caller. And actually, we have quite a few more callers, so maybe we will go for longer. Is it? Okay. Crap. Help me pronounce your name, because I know you've called him before, and I feel like I've said it wrong. Hey, Jorge. Okay, it's that's what I thought. Exactly like it should be. Yes, that's what I thought. But I thought I had said that before, and I got flamed for it. No, you got flamed for thinking Jorge could be anything other than Jorge. Yeah, you call me George or something. No, <laughs> I don't think George. I don't recall that. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the? Oh, remind me where you're calling from. Uh, North Carolina in Charlotte. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so um, I want to talk about shoutcasters or broadcasters in general, um, should they not have more creative license on content, especially in the LCS beyond what like the broadcast kind of aligns to. So if you think about like LEC and some other places, they've been experimenting a lot more. I feel like LCS has been more, I don't know, it's been a little more uh, stringent about like what they can broadcast to, um, especially the content, you know, and storytelling in between matches and filler. Can you give an example? Yeah, so if you take Ross Gurns, like Cold Open for LEC, for example, right? Like, there's nothing like that to compare it to for for LCS. Um, why why is that? And is there not an opportunity there for um, shoutcasters in general and LCS to create that kind of content? 
So I'll just say really quickly, I agree. LEC does trust their talent way more. It feels like to me from a person on the outside than the LCS does. And you see the results of that whenever the LEC personalities are involved so much so that they're even down to like handling sponsor obligations and sponsor videos and stuff. And I don't think I would ever expect to see something like that in the LCS. That being said, I'm now throwing over to Mark, who ah. is involved in all this stuff. So let's see how he handles it. Uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's interesting to me. That's why I pulled the, the collar. Okay. I think part part of it is obviously, uh, you know, what Travis is saying about giving them probably a little bit more freedom. But I also think a lot of the personalities in Europe are a little bit more of go-getters in general. Um, part of this probably has to do with the status. And I don't know all the, their statuses. Uh, and I don't think they're all uh, contractors or anything. But like... Um, like, Ovli is an example of someone who's who's always putting herself out there and looking for content to do content in the North American scene. And I'm probably the second most. And then after that, all the other people on the, the North American broadcast team are working through Riot channels to do things. So, like, things like this or that and the dive and these sorts of things are are often pushed by the the content or, like, the uh, the analysts and broadcasters and stuff. So I think a lot of it has to do more with delivery than um, anything else. Like I think those still get feel feel very much like Riot products, even if they are the brainchild of a producer and, and a Riot and, and a excuse me broadcaster shoutcaster making that together. Um, and so when it comes to like that, though, that's how most of the, the North American people work. And I think maybe. And it's something I'd be interested about fans. Like, how much does that feel like a unified identity where all Riot's channels feel the same versus, like, you know, LEC, where if there's music involved, Draco's probably wrote the lyrics and this person's doing it. Like, I feel like they have maybe a little bit stronger personal brands in that. But then I also see some people, like, in, like, there was a Reddit thread where I don't know how it started. It didn't start this way, but it just turned into like a flame fest of Europe. <laughs> it Wait, was really. really yeah, it's really funny to read. Well, I shouldn't say funny. That's kind of mean. Uh, but it was like just it's one of these things where like I'm re I, I look at some of these things that we're talking about like strengths, and then like there's just people being like the European casters feel like the show's all about them. They try and insert themselves oh, in their yeah. cringe humor and everything, and they try and make the show too much about them instead of the players. And like you know, Travis talking about using them, the, you know, the casters and stuff in some of the sponsorship material you know, these people are basically kind of flaming some of that stuff where they're like, it should be about the players and this and that. And so like, it's one of those things where I don't personally have too much of a preference for it. Like, you know, I, I propose dumbass ideas to my producers that I know aren't really going to fly <laughs> uh, that, you know, and it's just, it's sometimes, you know, if I actually think it's a really good idea, I'll push for, and usually they'll allow me to do it. Um, but it's just different different offices work in different ways. And I think it's clear that NA is a little bit more professional and in line with traditional sports. And, and EU has definitely embraced more of the, the, the memes and the, and the cringe. Yeah, I so, think that one of the things I like about the LAC is that it feels like... Okay, your personal story, because we're making this show episode more personal. There are online across a lot of different like gaming websites and news places and stuff, a lot of people who, and I'm not saying this is the LCS talent, but 
they get hired because they are good on camera and then they rely on like the whole system is just built around like producers you look good yeah the producers that do like the writing of the segments and write out like the teleprompter stuff and maybe the person comes in and like changes some stuff in the teleprompter so that it suits kind of their tone of voice but for the most part like they are a conduit for the ideas of the producers when i started working at gamespot i'm not saying that this is actually a lot of the producers are the talented game at gamespot but you know it was it was just so obvious to me that i would be the one leading the charge on all my own content because that is sort of the world that i came from I do. isn't that where we're going right it's like we're not talking about like trying to match traditional sports we're kind of i mean that's why i favor the lec side in, right you're kind of treading new waters here and that's yeah. kind of and i think should be going for the fact that you had people like frosk who you know even before the like i think she was on one of the early broadcasts where they tried to just start broadcasting on their own the L lpl or maybe it wasn't even called the lpl at the time right like a lot of the self-made content creators are people who want to be heavily involved in this stuff um and they they were content creators before they were casters and so i think that is part of like they still carry that spirit with them i'm not saying again i'm not saying that lcs doesn't have people that come up with their own ideas and stuff but it is true that like i do think the producers are far more involved far more involved in the creation of the stuff and the, the talent are less well um, and i think also to that point like this isn't a sh i think it's just different mentalities but i don't think a lot of the na casters want to even be like working on their side hustle youtube channel and doing a show with travis every fucking week and you know pursuing all these other avenues quite like some of like shocks has done and and Obli and other people, you know, like you, you know, Kobe, you live with him. Like, do you think Kobe? I'm not going to speak on behalf of my roommate. I won't. Okay. I won't speak. I shouldn't either. I shouldn't speak on other people's behalfs, but like, I don't think everyone wants to necessarily do that. And I think some, you know, you're talking about the traditional sports angle. A lot of people just call that professionalism. Uh, and like, I know a lot of people like the European uh looser vibe but a lot of people also like the the more like buttoned up look too um and i i don't think one is inherently better than the other i i think i think looking at some of the decisions that north america production makes as chasing traditional sports isn't necessarily the same thing as like having a a more like i said buttoned up vision of it well it's and here's Here's something I will say, because I had the, I did have this conversation with Kobe, and I was telling him that part of me envies the personalities who are not doing, like, this show at times, like last week's episode, for instance, there's just a lot of stress. Like, it, it is really stressful to go out here and create all this stuff, right? Like, uh, Mark had this, I think, with his, I mean, I uh, I shouldn't be speaking for Mark, but like even like the LS video had like a ton of of responses and it, it became a thing. And I've done content that goes out there and people get angry at me well, or it gets ratioed or whatever. Some of, and like, it, some of it's too like I walked into the the LS video where I was talking about Merle Namacon, like knowing that I was starting a conversation. So like I, I knew what I was doing. But like the the video last week was one where it was like or the, the hotline league last week was like, hey, everyone wants controversial takes. We don't have any 
Like we don't we don't think this is you know we don't have the same opinions as as like the loudest people in the room. And do. by the way, and I don't even like, think when everyone wants those that that means that those are the controversial takes, right? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? When everyone's super angry and you are just in agreement with them, is that actually like pour, pouring more gasoline on? Is actually yeah. not the controversial take. Anyway, the point I'm making that. is like, yeah, like sometimes you're not even trying. Like the LS one of all my points was like, I knew I was starting something. The other time, sometimes you don't want to say anything on it because you know it'll turn into a thing, but you kind of have to anyways because you're this is your job. Yeah, I just, I there are so many times, not all the time, and I wouldn't trade my job, but where I envy the folks who can create the content that they create and then not have to deal with the stress and anxiety of like getting a shit ton of people tweeting at you a bunch of stupid stuff. I know they do too. I would like, say I'm not, I'm not a- saying they don't face criticism or whatever, but creating a video and then seeing it get ratioed on YouTube always feels bad. Yeah. I think I know what you're saying, but every, every public facing career is going to have this feeling on one, one layer or another. Sometimes, you know, like, You'll go into a post game thread as a caster, just to be like, "I wonder what people thought about that game." And suddenly they're like, "What the fuck was Azale talking?" To you? <laughs> you're like, you're like, what? Yeah. I, they're not even talking about the game. They're talking about me." I mean, I think Azale talked about it on an episode of Hotline where he just talked about how he doesn't, he doesn't look at Reddit right. anymore because yeah. he just realized like he wasn't, he didn't feel better <clears throat> doing all that stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, Jorge, I don't know if we we addressed your questions very well like we went off on a rant that's okay i mean like i don't have any shouts or anything i just want to say like i think you know if you look at 10 15 years from now right it's like are you trying to emulate professional sports i don't really think that's where we're trying to do right it's it's almost like you should i hope not make your own thing there right yeah so i mean one of the things i'll, I'll tell people is uh humor is really subjective much more than than people often admit and the things that you find funny other people might find annoying. And I think that's something that sometimes people just say, well, or we can just not try and be funny and just be like straightforward. So I, I still push back a little bit on the idea that this is chasing traditional sports and it's not just a stylistic choice in and of Should itself. Should it be? I mean, I definitely feel like they were chasing, chasing traditional sports. Right. I love, I mean, I love I Ariel, think- but Ariel came in from the Olympics and try to elevate esports by pushing it in that direction down to the fact that like you guys, well, not you guys, uh, before you were even there, maybe when you were on TL, they had like the equivalent of a sports center show, right? Like P- what, PTL. Yeah. I think, I think it, it started that way when they, when they made it five years ago, but I think the state farm analyst desk is pretty different than a lot of uh, traditional sports, so to speak. And I think anyone who looks at inside the NBA and sees what a fucking baller product that is. It's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't try to be like inside the NBA. You know, you can't like match it. What what kind of mindset is that? You're saying it's like that's that's the that's the pinnacle, that's the gold standard of of sports and esports, and like everybody should want to 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 be that fucking great. And that's a traditional sports program, right? Yep. Yeah, you got to figure that out for esports. It's, it's got to be different, though. Sure. Well, either way, <laughs> Jorge, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? 
thanks y'all have a good one all right uh on to the next caller where uh let's see boogles thank you for the four months red rain gifted no no that was the original oh red rain gifted to okie dokie holy moly how many is red rain gifted let's see if i can find the yeah thank you by the way for doing that uh i really do appreciate it it looks like uh pabelling is here pabelling you've been on have you been on the show before or have just read your sub name a ton yeah i was on two episodes ago that's um, right a couple of times Okay. You've been on a couple, yeah, I was saying. yeah, that's what I thought. Some, it's really hard because I'll, I'll read the same name over and over for subs, and then I don't know. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? So my topic is as someone who is currently taking and has taken multiple classes in PR, and honestly, after TSM's mismanagement of like the Lena situation, I think it's time that all LCS teams should have a PR manager a publicist or some form of an HR manager. What if I told I just, you TSM had a PR manager? They have a PR team that is a contractor because I read the article on it um, this last week. So they're only there to kind of drum up positive feedback about the organization. And that's actually different than having a publicist, like a dedicated publicist for the team. Man's done his research. I think. So and I, also, I haven't done it, so maybe maybe you're wrong. But also I, to add on to that, like <laughs> Twitlonger should be banned for literally <laughs> every single esports team, like any staff or player, just in general. Like I, I just think, you know, like the fact that Twitlongers are still the main form of communications for teams is ridiculous. Like it's unprofessional, it's not concise, and it's always seemed like it's something that's like kind of last second or a quick quick thought from whoever's kind of trying to communicate the audience um you know like something that you know most people learn pretty early on in communications courses is that the channel that you decide to try and communicate your message is really really important and now that we have teams that are backed by major sports teams disney etc yeah. there's a certain level of professionalism that's expected and I, longer is just not professional so I have a question about, I've done some, I see this a couple of times. It's been a while since we had some good old Twitlongers and it's sparked up. I saw some people talking about this over the, the TSM drama. Part of me wonders if it's actually that bad to use Twitlonger. Because like you're saying, it's very like what channel you use is really important. And if you make a post on your website, which is a very official, pretty much just as official channel as you could possibly do, in some ways, you're making this stuff a bigger deal. What about um, Medium? Well, yeah, I mean, channel and Medium are very similar in terms of... No, uh, I meant... Oh, medium, I meant medium like the, the website. The blog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, so, I, I mean, I'll, let me let me finish off first. Sure. I, I almost feel like using a Twitlonger with a personal account makes it say, this is Reggie saying this. This is not TSM, the official company um giving us a, a, a report on our website of this big problem that people have yelled at us about and now we're gonna address with our company this is reggie the person saying on twit longer i've heard it yeah yeah yeah. we don't think it's as big of a deal you know we, we hear it there's some problems we we own up to those mistakes but it's not gonna be you know the same as if someone went to the tsm website and sees like oh dude, what's this post about it uh oh my god there's co there's collusion or conflict of interest what's going on at tsm you know i think it, it adds this layer 
that I'm, I'm almost like, huh, I think TwitLonger actually might be the right place for something like that. That's not going to be a company like update. So one, somebody in Twitch chat said, isn't Reggie basically TSM? I kind of agree with that. Like TSM isn't like a publicly traded company. Uh, TSM maybe more than any other team in the league is been identified as being Reggie's running the whole thing and his opinions are what matters. So kind of, I, I think I would agree with you more if it was, uh, if it was like a different organization. Um, but I, I don't know, but like this, the, the sponsors and the people who like look at the website and your investors and stuff, aren't they going to look at a post on your website differently? Even if, even if as a fan, no, I don't think you need to put and, it on yeah, your website, but, yeah, but, but, but how are they going to look at it compared to seeing your CEO post a, like post a message on Twitlonger about like a major scandal that happened, like with your organization, yeah. right? Like is, is, is an investor going to look at that? And are they going to look at that? Or are they going to look at the post on the website? Like, which is going to look better in their eyes? Like, the, I don't know. The web- Cause I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not an investor. And honestly, I, I wouldn't, I would love to hear from, from someone who is at like that kind of level, like what matters, what would look worse in your eyes, the CEO personally addressing it on Twitlonger or your website, putting out a post. Well, I think I think an easy thing is what if Robert Kraft posted to Twitlonger apologizing for Deflategate rather than the Patriots organization themselves posting a message about what they thought on the well, whole that was... entire investigation, right? And like I know that again, like it was an Ooh. investigation that was done by like the NFL and the commissioner. But I yeah, just that's feel... the problem with that was that was the Patriots organization coming out in defense of one of their players as like as a show of a united front behind him that's a i think you're actually pushing it more towards towards where what i what i thought before like that's something that yeah, i have an opinion at some point in time i'd love to I, share yeah well that's you get in here dude i'm saying if, if 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 you're putting your whole company's weight behind it you're saying it's a big fucking deal if you're not you're trying to downplay it the reason they used their official channel there was to say fuck you nfl that that investigation was bullshit and Reggie using this is trying to be like, oh yeah, we heard it, yeah, but it's it's not a big deal, right? Uh, okay, so a couple different things here. Uh, one, I think Mark that if you were correct that philosophically, um, you know, there's a you can underplay a response by not using official channels. We would probably see more companies do that in in the real world. Uh, I think, by the way, the fact that I just called it the real world denotes the fact that esports still acts pretty <laughs> childish around this stuff. And like Twitlonger, I think, is an example of that, right? Like, if we, uh, I push back somewhat on the whole like esports need to be super professional, like all these other industries. I think it's important to keep our culture the way it is. However, I think when it comes to very professional matters, like issues of conflict of interest, whether or not that's the terminology you want to use or not. Uh, these types of like, I guess, scandals or whatever, I think that is an area where we should strive for a professional response. And I do not think if you look at companies in the U S companies globally, Twitlonger is like a medium for that type of thing. No, uh, I think point. even just a, a JPEG picture, by the way, tweeted to from his account yeah, would have been better. better and looked nicer than Twitlonger. I know it sounds really weird, but like Twitlonger is just, it's, well, it's synonymous that is with like the word. That's what yeah. a lot of people. 
uh, like uh, orgs orgs do when they yeah. have a, a longer response, they'll tweet a picture. And it's it's yeah. more in line with like what you see in traditional world, right? I think the other thing that is in line with traditional world is saying fucking nothing. I yeah. feel like if if there's nothing actionable for them, like I don't think TSM is going to do anything at, at the end of the day about all this stuff. In fact, Reggie's already said they're not going to do anything other than they said sorry uh, to to Dardock. Like I feel like a lot of orgs just wouldn't even bother. I mean, they implied that they're going to do more than say sorry, that they're going to... I think there's... I get the feeling they're going to try to compensate him some way based off of the way that was written. I think... Uh, and I think that that was important. I think also the fact that he pushed back against some of the sexist stuff that was said about Lena, I think was good. And I also... I think... Yeah. What is interesting, too, is that... And I wasn't even aware of this like video that had come up. But like the fact that he referenced and apologized for that video, I think that might have been the biggest reason he made that post, right? Because that's the stuff that like sponsors um, and investors do really care about. So yeah, I, think, I also yeah. would say too, like I I don't think that defeats the point that I was making though. Like if if you have a PR no. manager or publicist, they can decide what's the best medium okay. or, or channel to you know go through in in this instance, whether so, that's. A Twitter picture or like the actual organization. I am I will, going to cut in and start talking because I uh, here's, I've here's had a lot of opinions thing. about this stuff. And I'm bowing Mark out. has gone first I'm every single I'm time. I'm so admitting I'm just, you got me on the and I even one. said I'd like to share my opinion on this. And Mark said, then get in here. So this is me You've shoving my way to the front of the line. Anyway, uh, so the... I think what is it is very clear to me one by the way that that post was written by probably their PR person because it I have never seen Andy write anything in any way shape or form that looked like that I I just don't yeah. feel like that was in his voice which is fine it can also be the things that he meant but like to me it was very clear that that was not something that Andy had written up in the past hour you didn't see all the XDs in there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people could look at his tweets versus, you know, what was there. It's a little different. Um, I think uh, I agree a lot with the fact that, with the idea that the these different teams should have PR folks, uh, usually multiple types, uh, some that are maybe focused on, like, out, you know, either through an agency or a firm, like outreach... So, for instance, Team Liquid has this. Nicola, who used to work at Riot and was the PR person on their esports side, went and founded with some people a, a company that represents different teams called Story Mob, or different companies and entities called Story Mob, and they work with Team Liquid. And they, they did things like, for instance, uh, Team Liquid ended up on The Daily Show with their CSGO team because of this. So you've got teams that are doing that. You've got people that are doing... She she also was involved in helping manage some of the communication whenever Doublelift had his personal tragedy a couple of years ago. And it was really important to figure out like the best way to manage that stuff. So I think that stuff is really important. You will be hard pressed to find somebody in the media who wishes that different teams, especially TSM, just have more <laughs> PR people there. Um, I, th I think what is really difficult is a lot of these people, like let's take Andy, for instance. Andy worked at a Trader Joe's, made a bunch of decisions on his own that led him to wild success and a very impressive company and the ability to mingle with a ton of celebrities and uh, really rich people and important folks, right? Like very self-made man. It is really difficult in those situations to tell someone, actually, you need to do better 
you haven't been doing the best job at this and you need to listen to somebody else. Um, that is not to say that it's 80, like that they shouldn't do that. Riot's actually a great example of that too. Riot was built by a bunch of people who, you know, have found rampant success doing something out the gate. And it took a long time for them to realize like, and in some situations, some scandals that the way they'd been doing things for a long time, wasn't necessarily the best way. So that is why it's actually really difficult and why I think it will be a while before we see this become commonplace outside of like at the endemic organizations like TSM, for instance, MSG, for instance, owns CLG. They have their own PR person. I've interacted with them because they have the MSG PR person, Golden Guardians too. That's kind of like the state that we're in. And I, I do hope that events like this actually do push teams like TSM to try to figure you remember out the, PR uh... stuff. The, the battles we fought at the uh, 100 Thieves. You remember the, uh, the call after their Worlds debacle? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that f- super fun? Yes. Yes. Where, like, T- well, where 100 Thieves was like, we're not going to communicate on any of the decisions we made because they're private team decisions. And yeah, and we then, were like, and uh, then, and then we talked to Deshaw. We're like, you should get a PR person. He's like, no, we don't need one. And <laughs> it's like, all right. They do have PR people now, by the way. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, very funny story. He's dating the former uh, Echo Fox PR person. So uh, it's PR people ended up entering his life. Did you just something? It's public <laughs> on their Instagram and stuff. They all they all post about it. She's a great uh, person. Yeah. I, worked, I, I guess... enjoyed working with her. Ultimately, I agree with the, the the take. I just wanted to to muse aloud about Twit longer, and I don't mind arguing for ten minutes and then going, "Yep, I'm wrong," which is where I think that one ended. Yeah, okay. I I just think you know in in general, it's I know people want to push back on on some of the professionalism getting into esports because again, like some of the ground up stuff is is fun to have around, and you, you don't see that in professional sports as much as you do here, but like. I, I think that like in certain situations like this, like a, a lot of the, again, like Reddit comments from Lena and, and, and her twit longer posts, like if that those weren't posted, it would have saved them a lot of headaches in terms of having to backtrack on, on terms of, in terms of like certain comments Reginald made. And I feel like that happens a lot. So I think there's a, there's a challenge here. This is the last thing I'll say. There's a challenge here. Esports is very open you people really enjoy the fact that they can like Steve will show up, Jack will show up in this Twitch chat and they'll just say stuff or make jokes or whatever. That's just never going to happen in traditional sports. Or if <laughs> Jack it does, it's came very on rare. Here and was joking to like a week or two ago about how many fines he has. Yeah. Like, that's just, <laughs> this is not going to happen in, in traditional sports. Uh, and so I think I do look, I more than most people will say, I really want PR people. I also don't want us to end up in a world where everything that anyone says is publicly vetted or sorry, is privately vetted by a PR person and like turned into a very formalized statement. Uh, and sometimes it's really hard to get executives at teams to understand this is a situation where you should say something, uh, you know, off the top of your head, that's very, you know, authentic and genuine. And this is a situation that isn't, you know, not everybody's is used to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, get me out of this call. It's been long enough. Thank, thanks so much, Pabelling. <laughs> uh, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, shout out to Tower of God, finally getting an anime. And if you aren't watching it, you should. And here's hoping the new Paper Mario is like hey. out your door. Hey, so to derail us for a second, what do you think of the animation style? I I think I hate it. 
it's tough because I I think some of the choices they made make sense, and then other choices don't. I feel like it's tough to kind of animate the art style just because it's so unique compared to everything else. So I I feel like them kind of going for that in between of like it's you know updated, but it's still kind of true to what it looked like is nice. Okay, great. Get me out of this call. All right. um, (laughs) Thanks so much for calling in. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right, on to the next caller. Uh, all right, so, oh, a couple more shout-outs. Ferber2. Ferber2, thank you for gifting the six subs. Really appreciate it. And Jordan, thank you for the 28 months. Should I stream tomorrow on my birthday? I'm trying, I, don't ha- I have literally no plans, and I'm feeling kind of down uh, because there's nothing I could do. I should figure, I'm trying to decide if I should do that. Leet Wannabe, thank you for calling in. Where are you calling from? Calling for uh, from Huntsville, Alabama. Huntsville, Alabama. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk that I think that the LCS slash casting desk uh, setup is going to have to be censored before it becomes more mainstream. Um, I'm actually like a, a new dad this year, and uh, so I've been having my kid watch LCS from when they were six weeks old till. Uh, the Intel finals. And uh, if you look at like professional sports, you have to have something be a little bit more PG. Cause I mean, like I watch it on my TV, like at my parents' house or at my house and there's people gathered around. And when your grandma is there and people are dropping the F-bomb kind of uh, doesn't sound legitimate and raises a lot of eyebrows and you need kids watching this show or, or watching the sport to really get a good fan base. that's going to last like permanently. This is uh, this is going to be an unpopular take, uh, my friend. I feel like the are you saying it for him or for you? No, 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 I'm saying for for him. The like Twitch chat already is very upset about it. I, you're going to have a hard time finding gamers that want uh, you to avoid that. But just out of curiosity, do you feel like there's a lot of profanity on the analyst desk? Not a ton, but just when you when you look at like interviews in professional sports. So I grew up watching football, baseball, and basketball. Um, like they they love heavy fines on players and coaches that do anything that's out of line. Like Rex Ryan, I think got fined like a hundred thousand. Um, wasn't it Mark Cuban that got fined multiple times? Isn't uh, this because this all gets broadcast on TV and it's, uh, is it FCC? I think FCC, isn't it FCC guidelines and stuff that prevent them from like, it costs the league and the, their broadcast partners money whenever, so again, like I'm not an expert on this, but that's my understanding is that because you can be fined so much for doing something on on live air. But the threshold, the like we on. want to be broadcast. I mean, we like I, I, I like that it's online. Esports and on TV. There's, you don't want esports on TV. No, ever. ever. Wow. TV is that like TV is a dying medium. I mean, it still has, yes, there's like Netflix, there's streaming, but it's still two TV. Like if ESPN picks something up, people watch it. Like right now, especially with, um, with all pretty much all sports sidelined, I think we want to be broadcast. We want people taking interest in it because then they'll take an interest in the game. Have you seen what the broadcast experience is like for people that are watching it on ESPN? It's awful. I have seen it. Yes, right now, yes. Uh, with the commercial breaks, it makes zero sense because you actually miss the, the, the part of pick ban, which makes no sense, but that's more of a broadcast issue than it is with, uh, well, it's a broadcast issue because you have mandated amounts of, um, 
commercials that you need to take. And so either the options at the broad, like you would have to, as I understand it, pause the game for a commercial break randomly, or you jam them in not over gameplay. Well, I mean, you could do it between like pick ban or something like that. I mean, this, if you've ever been to a football game in, yeah, they pause and they fucking mill around the field for three minutes for mandated commercial breaks. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of terrible, but at the same time, But at the same time, that's what you want. You want it broadcast and millions of people watching it and kids watching it from start to finish because that's what builds really lasting fan bases. I honestly think my daughter is going to end up being a Cloud9 fan because she watched Cloud9. I think what builds Spring Split. I think what builds long lasting fan bases are people playing the game. Well, I think I think the callers write that like, you know, for me, I was a Patriots fan because I grew up around Boston. And you just had to be a fan of that thing. And like, it's, it was not necessarily the most, <laughs> the best word for it, but you get indoctrinated. Right. And so like yeah. his daughter is going to be a C9 fan because he's a C9 fan. They grew up with this quote unquote on the TV. But I think the quotes are really important there because you can easily, like I watch so many streams on my TV by Chromecasting or there's apps, you know, like I watch YouTube, it, it live streams it. And there's like, to Travis's point about the dying medium thing, there's less restrictions. You don't have to worry about the FCC. You can do whatever you want. I understand your point a little bit about the swearing, and that's a separate topic than what we've really covered so far. But at least from strictly a medium perspective, I don't really see any upside on TV beyond having a, a broader net. The only uh, thing I want from ESPN is their dumb money. I think it's good <laughs> for the league, especially right now since they can't do like big live events for them to be able to, for them to be able to grow their sponsors who don't the sponsors know any better but their executives don't know any better and so you can go these sponsors can say well we don't get the live event but guess what we're going to be on ESPN All right. and the boomer executives go ESPN that's a big deal i watch sports center all the time wow and like nobody is it's just it's not what about what about the other angle, which I think is is an interesting one that the the caller's talking about, where even having like him knowing that at any moment I could swear on the analyst desk, and I shouldn't, and you know my producers don't want us swearing, but they also are not quite like you know FCC, we're going to get fined and in trouble if I do. They're just like, hey, you know, watch it, but um, you know they don't they don't really freak out if I say shit or something once or whatever so like on that level i can understand the college point where if he knows that that's the general approach he might be less inclined to want to watch with his daughter if he thinks she's gonna hear (sighs) shit when she's yeah i so that i do understand i do understand like the awkwardness of like hey let's do the family like watching like the family watching of this thing you know i just i also feel like this i just feel like the profanity is rare enough like, God, there's got to be like less than five f bombs on the LCS broadcast every year. Am I wrong? No, it's about right. I mean, the casters maybe do it, you know, and we do it a little bit. But I would say you, you're in. You're not much above the double digits per year uh, in swears. But I mean, like this is a tough one for me because I under, I kind of understand the uh, uh, father parent idea about it, but I'm also. I'm also me, and I'm like, I don't care. And I don't think it's a big deal um, um, for, for me and for a lot of the core, you know, core esports audience. I know we've moved away from the term core, I think, 
Uh, but like people, I think, enjoy the authenticity. Like when I get mad or, or hyped about something and I go like, I couldn't believe that shit, you know, like fans, I think, can feel that a little bit. And so it's something that, you know, is a moment to fans that says this was crazy. And everyone, usually when people swear, it's not just like this off the cuff, like, I kind of fuck that shit. You know, like they, they're usually almost using it in a way what, um, that be, I think fans appreciate. Want to be, this isn't like, I know this is going to sound, I don't mean to sound patronizing. I, I, it's a legitimate question, but like, do you avoid anything that has profanity in it when you're watching something with your daughter? When, yes. With her, yes. I mean, like, I'm exposed to it all the time. I've watched League since like, 2013 so i'm not worried about it for me it's mostly i mean to be honest it's mostly my wife but i mean uh, she's the one who gets pissed <laughs> off about that but um it, i just like it's it's difficult for me because part of me also and this might just be like the not a parent mentality the, I know yeah going. like the bachelor guy who just plays <laughs> video gamer guy right like i it's difficult because I feel like the world is just moving to a place where like, because the internet is so pervasive that like profanity is just going to leak out more than it used to. And maybe that's not an excuse for LCS to allow it. But I, I also just kind of feel like at a certain point in time, it becomes more on the parents to, to be able to say like, Hey, that's a bad word. They shouldn't use that on the broadcast. Don't say it. It's a grown-up only world word. You know what I mean? Like, which this sounds like I'm telling you how to parent, and I I don't mean to do that at all. It's just sort of like it's difficult for me because I I just see that we are yeah. like the FCC it's, is it's not going to follow people reason. into the internet and and stop this. And as we consume more and more content that's on the internet, it kind of just feels like this is an inevitability. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely a slippery slope argument, but but it's basically your kids going to hear it anyways what's like you know that's that's kind of what it boils i think the point boils down to which i understand as a parent it's kind of like no i can definitely limit when they hear it at what age and those kinds of things but eventually i don't want to be have you seen the my, movie oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say my my argument against this would be not necessarily that they're never going to hear it but you yeah. will never see like a successful disney movie that's get like for children that's rated r or yeah. pg-13 exactly no, they, they yeah. choose a pg rating so you can just set it in front of your kid and not worry because they're they're watching they're not gonna be exposed to anything outrageous like yeah. that's that's a decision by these companies to do that and so i think the lcs if they're if their goal is ever to build the fan base with kids that's a long-lasting uh, like generational fandom, then that's something that's kind of important. Avengers I mean, is PG thirteen. Okay, he didn't mean Disney as in like no, no. I meant those are family mega movies. Corp or, are they not Disney Megacorp? He's he's talking about like the the, the think kids. Tangled. Like yeah. I, I, have I know, but I don't want like LCS to be children. Tangled or Frozen. <laughs> no, but but the point is that sports in general, not all of them, because I think you know MMA and these other kind of more mature sports, but. The, the idea is to cast as wide of a net as possible because in theory, it doesn't cost you anything to make yourself viewable for children's and get that PG rating. Um, I think that's how sports look at it is like, Hey, we can have a wider net if we just tell our broadcasters or, you know, this is the FCC even, I guess thinking like, like, yeah, don't swear. And then you get the PG label and it's great. Whereas like, LCS would be PG-13, and it's it's harder for people to watch. 
I get that mentality, but I don't know. Okay, final final thought. Wannabe, have you seen the movie Thank You for Smoking? I have not. So it's one of my two favorite movies. There's a really great scene at the end. I'm a little nervous about spoiling it, so I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to try and figure out the best way to do this. But I, I just, if you, it's a great movie. Everyone should go watch it. And uh, there's just a conversation around, like, cigarettes and the the extent to which the government should mandate like warning labels and stuff on that and how that plays into like, you know, how, how much responsibility you put on the government and other entities to, to organize this stuff versus like parents. And I, I just, it, this whole moment in this conversation is really making me think about it a lot. It's, it's a great movie. You should watch it. And, but it does have sex scenes in it and some swear words. So don't watch it with <laughs> your daughter. Anyway, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next one? Uh, go see nine summer split. And by the way, I, I really want to thank you for this. Cause this was, a uh, actually one of my favorite calls. I think we've had in a long time. And I, I know that your take is like, you know, a lot of people are going to say like, I should be able to fucking cuss if I want to, but I, I actually, this is the type of stuff I, I just never really think about. So I, I always appreciate calls like that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. All right. Three more callers to go. Where are we? Sport CTC, thank you for the 28 months. And a hill. A hilly? Thank you for the 18 months. Uh, quick, people have been sub for a long time. I need to get more sub icons for folks. Um, but uh, I, I haven't done that yet. I need to do that. Twitch chat with their... Uh, Twitch chat unsurprisingly in favor of profanity. I am, I am unsurprised that Twitch chat is uh interested in in perhaps some foul language <laughs> give, give i'm surprised given how usually uh moderate and respectful twitch chat is <laughs> uh so funny okay rico suave rico where are you calling from remind me again new york city there it is uh what do you want to talk about on the show uh, what I want to talk about is uh, a quick update on the League of Love thing, actually. On um, what? League of Love. Hotline Love? Uh, yeah, Hotline Love. There we go. Whoops. Okay, go go on. I don't know what this update yeah. is, by the way. He just said update on Hotline Love, and I forgot about that. We did that, so I, I pulled him. Okay. Yeah, so it, it, it's going to be quick, sure, and I guess a quick question to ask you, too. Oh, wait, so, um, so hang on. For those that don't know... Not this past Valentine's Day, but two Valentine's Days ago, so in 2019, we did a version of Hotline League that I never want to do again called Hotline Love. I would love to do it again. It, it was, was it Mark Ovley and I. Uncomfortable. And we were, it was very uncomfortable. We were completely unprepared for the seriousness of the relationship calls that people would call in with. And uh, I really did not feel like it was as fun as I thought it was going to be. Anyway, continue, Rico. Uh, you also got Mitchell Cat the Fly was in there, too. Um, oh yeah, flyers just, would tag in, yes. So just to kind of uh, so I actually still dating that woman that uh, you guys helped me, I guess, with that uh, great advice, and uh, we've been dating for a year and like five months now, and I'm thinking about going to the next step, and that is to propose to her, and I kind of wanted to ask you to, you know, any advice, uh, I guess, moving on forward, being serious, you know, you guys are probably a little older than me, but. I guess 
it, well, it's just you know trying to get out of that fuckboy mentality kind of thing and just like getting to something serious um travis and i are neither of us have been engaged or Wait, married so. hang on i just love that this person in twitch chat in all capital letters named <laughs> i play victor wrote i am married do not do it <laughs> i absolutely love that that was one of the first things that i saw pop up in twitch chat incredible uh, uh so rico i don't remember what advice we gave you so like can you give us a little refresher it's, it's been so long yeah. i don't even remember what we said um so the one issue i always had was um whenever i really like somebody i get very nervous and you guys kind of gave me advice on how to get you know out of nervousness what the one tip that really helped me a lot, which came from Travis, was hearing music before, like, that day. And I guess, you know, you know, you, Mark, living with um, your girlfriend and um, Travis being in a very serious relationship now, like, I guess, you know, and you guys were like, I guess you could say, are already implanted and are into your um, career. I guess what advice would you give somebody who's, you know, still in college your school, um, still not sure if they want to stay in their city job, that kind of thing, I guess. Have you, okay. So first off, so after hotline love, it sounds like you called in because you weren't sure how to approach her and our advice allowed you to approach her and we, enter into we, a relationship. Is that, humans? am I hearing this correct? Yes. Somehow the stars aligned and it worked. All right. I mean, that is maybe the only good thing to have ever come from this show. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say um uh so have you I'll guys tried sorry mark no you were you gonna say that i was gonna say have you guys talked about marriage like is this like a conversation you guys have had previously where you guys are like oh yeah you know i want to i do want to get married soon like do you do you have an idea of where her head is at on this whole thing oh yeah um that's literally a conversation we had like six months in like there's no way she ever plans on moving in with me unless I put a ring on a finger and you know I'm very happy with her like we literally got a whole entire relationship till now oh uh, so I mean this is a I don't know you want you want to start shooting shooting can, ideas can right? I, can, well can I also ask sorry I'm in the, in the data gaining thing can I also ask uh how old you both are I am currently 26 turning 27 and she is 24 turning 25. Okay. Um, so what I was going to say is I like, I can't, I think it's, I don't know what exactly how you're, there's a million questions that Travis and I could ask about like, well, how do you spend your, like, or how close are you guys really? Like, do you, you said she wouldn't move in with you, but do you guys like still spend time in each other's apartments? Do you sleep over? Like, I don't want, uh, but I don't want to get into all the weeds. So I'll just say my perspective on it a little bit. And, and maybe some of it rings true to you too. For me, like marriage is the end of the, like, this is a hundred percent. I know this is who I want to be with the rest of my life, this kind of thing. And like, there's no value to rushing it or anything like that. Um, so it's not something that I feel like should have and it should be motivated by other things like wanting to move in together and this kind of stuff. Like obviously you want to move in together, but you should want to move in because this is the person you know you want to spend the rest of your life with rather than oh, I would like to live with my current girlfriend, so I'll propose kind of thing. Like and I don't know that I'm not saying that's what you're doing, 
but I just know like I don't think there's any harm in I don't think there's any harm in taking things slow. And if that is a problem, then that's something that should be discussed generally outside of just like the weight of marriage hanging over it. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. So I, uh, this it's a bit difficult Rico, cause I'm in a bit of a different situation than you are in that. I have no problem living with somebody before I would get married with them and would never, I think marry someone who I don't, uh, live with first. Right. And that's just like a, a philosophical difference, right? Between perhaps me and, and the relationship that you're in. So it's, it's hard for me to say like, yeah, go for it when you guys haven't lived together. But you know, sometimes that's what people's opinions are. Uh, and you have like, then you have to sort of play with that. I would say be absolutely sure because people in their twenties are, they change a lot. Uh, I've never talked about this before, but because you were asking it to me on the, the exact day that my first relationship ended, I was in a very long-term relationship with somebody, uh, and it ended seven years ago today. Um, and I, I really thought that I was going to marry this woman. Like we had talked a lot about it and, uh, it just like, we were kind of high school sweetheart thing. And I think we just changed a lot over the course of, of that time. And I'm very, very happy that I did not end up with that person, even though I respect her a lot and like, I'm, I'm happy for her. And, and I think I'm in a good place. Everything's good. I'm, I'm not saying she was a miserable person by anything, but I feel like I, I became a more interesting person after the end of, of that relationship, I'm sure she feels the same way too. And we're both happy in our situation. So it just, it's really difficult when you're in your twenties, uh, to say like, this is the time I'm not saying nobody should ever marry in their twenties, but just like a lot of things change. I have friends who got married and then within a couple of years divorced. I think the other thing is make sure that you guys have all the same values, right? Like you both want kids yeah. or you both don't want kids. You, you both have, you know, you, there's no expectation that one of you is going to go plan to move to Europe forever. And the other one never wants to do that. You know, I think that that stuff is really important. Yeah. The, the final thing I'll say too, is like, we didn't really touch on it, but like, I know I grew up a religious Catholic family and like some of those pressures can also exist and stuff. Uh, and like, I don't know why, but just like growing up that way, like, marriage to me also means like family and i can't split that in my head for some reason i don't know why i haven't been able to uh so like for me like that's if i ever got married it's like that's the moment that i'm gonna start having kids and stuff and that's like a totally different lifestyle that i'm i'm like not not ready to settle down as they say not because of chasing relationships or anything like that but like being a parent of these kinds of things also like dude you got into this relationship because of a call into hotline league that right there's a red flag. <laughs> whoa, I would be whoa. that's 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 what you really do you want to end up in over in a marriage because of of a call into this show? I feel like this is a dangerous life decision to be in. I I don't know. Yeah, trust me. She is the one we both have you know in alignment on everything. I mean, maybe just a difference in politics, but like everything else we are on the same And politics um, is a big thing. I'm not saying it can't like you know, but at a certain point in time, perhaps like 
that becomes a, a bigger issue. The the world is becoming more partisan, right? So that you it might be easy to shrug it off now, but what happens whenever you know that that impacts the way you want to raise your family? You know, it's it's it's. I'm not again. That's not necessarily a deal breaker. I'm just saying these are things that you should think about. And again, like I do feel like less than a year and a half is a uh, is a pretty short time. Uh, I can only say I can only say for myself. I've definitely I change a lot in a year and a half. I don't know how Travis feels, but like my my goals and shit will be like here one one and a half, and then ne- here the next in the next year and a half. I would not be friends with the person that Mark was when I first met him. He was. I'm just really happy he is the person he is now. That's, Let's just put it that way. I was going to be like, when did you meet me? And it was before 2015. You yeah. met me in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, you were. Anywho. Anyway, Rico. I was a driven individual. That's <laughs> Rico, Rico, thanks so much for the call. Best of luck, no matter the decision you make. And uh, guess what? Everything is a learning experience. So even if uh, you do get a divorce, uh, you'll learn from that. Rico, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the last caller? Yes. Uh, she actually saw the clip um, on Hotline Love, and she has it on the favorites. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Charles. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, on to the we last call. We might have call. one more. I was going to say, there's someone who's been having t- audio issues. I don't know if we'll, we'll get them. Okay. Uh, killing you guy. Thank you for the two years, 24 months, the real Fox shroud. Thank you for the prime, uh, Ferber two gifted another sub and red rain gifted five more subs. Holy moly. 45 total subs. I think all in the past, like month. I don't know. All right. We'll have two. This is the second to last caller. All right. Allard, Allard, where are you calling from? Uh, Maryland, Maryland. Yeah. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I want to talk about how, uh, like, I guess Grab's point of view on uh, on Doublelift and like uh, how he like viewed him or how he viewed like leaving TSM kind of like without any scrutiny and due to the conflict of interest stuff and all that other like stuff that happened. No one really talked about how uh, like Doublelift got no scrutiny and at the end Doublelift kind of just. Uh, have I, you? So I saw the Grab clip. Okay. And the grabs clip was basically him saying, like, I would not want to coach that player. He seemed yeah. to be pretty obstinate. Uh, and then he sort of trashed to the team or the, the org or the coaches, however you want to put it. And he then just left for a new team. Then just left for a new team. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to get, like, you guys' like, opinion on that, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't you... think that. And I, I told him this much. I definitely don't think that Peter handled this split very well. It was actually like, for me, especially publicly, a pretty big throwback to his CLG days, which is weird because I actually think one of his, besides obviously being a good good player in game, one of the reasons he has become such a star is because he is pretty savvy in his own weird way uh, at handling the public and public perception and boy did he just fuck up over and over again this uh this year and um and so it does not surprise me that grabs has that opinion i think the problem is 
like <laughs> I just I just put it this do, way. Do, do you need me to stall for you? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. I was I was thinking about the way to put it. Uh, <laughs> I there are I think a lot of coaches who would be nervous about having Peter join their teams right now. The pro based off of that, you know, maybe they agree with grabs. The problem is, I think a lot of GMs and owners would be like, "Double lift is on the market." Hell yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And so it is hard for me to criticize uh, a team for wanting to pick up Peter because I mean he has such a long track record of results, and he has this huge brand, and yeah. I mean, I just like I by no means do I feel like he played the split very uh, well, both 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 in game and out of game. But mm-hmm. I I also feel like you know to to say that his value to an organization has you know plummeted so much in in a single split is uh, well, no is, one said that. No, no, no. I know, but but grabs essentially saying that's a player I wouldn't pick up on my team, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I the mean, other thing is it's really easy for Grabs to say that when he's coaching G2. Um, yeah, but I think, I don't think, I think his point, which I understand, and he, he did say a bunch of things in that clip. You know, he was saying like, losing motivation isn't actually a big deal to him. It's about like how he treated his teammates because, you know, in G2, they talked openly about their, their motivation levels and some of the players didn't want to go giga try hard in spring. And so they took it a little bit easier and stuff like that. And everyone was on the same page. He was saying Jensen seems like he said he was putting in a lot of work and a lot of the other guys were putting in work and it was just double lift who wasn't, wasn't honoring, so to speak, this kind of social contract about the amount of effort they're going to put in and motivation and stuff. Yeah. And he's saying like, he doesn't want to, he wouldn't want to work with a player like that. Um, and I think a lot of people, coaches and stuff, they might w- want to work with him because he's so good and they might accept working with him, but I don't think anyone is excited to work with someone like that uh, where you don't really know what you're going to get, not only in terms of the motivation, but also the approach and these kinds of things. Uh, and that's something I, I think I definitely agree with. I don't, I understand his point too about kind of feels like he got off scot-free because so much of the TSM drama has been about TSM versus him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a you know some pretty strong takes on the dive in this show, but those are like, you know, kind of over, like the community thought, you know, they were divided a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I think it is true that a lot of the spotlight has gone off of him. and more just I mean, and it, it fed but into each other. I think it'll come back. Yeah, and it, it'll come back it, too it once into each other. actually gets close. He was, I think, this split, the most controversial player, and then he moved to the most controversial team, right? So I think it's like the people... No, uh, what? I, I don't think TS... I think TSM and the, the drama around the conflict of interest is 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 pretty separate you know like i think people would be excited about his move or interested in his move and i think the only reason they're not talking about double lifts expectations for summer right now is because it's the off season yeah. and it's more fun to talk about but people did talk about like before all the conflict of yes. interest stuff came to the forefront you look at the tsm subreddit and people or when the, when i released the video about the rumor like there was a ton of stuff about yeah um you know, we some TSM fans were saying we don't want this guy. Like Kabe was great; he outperformed him this split. He has like a much better attitude. Like we we don't want him. So like I yeah, I don't know if I'm agreeing with you, Mark. Maybe I am. No, I think we're agreeing, and I think what, what I'm saying too is that that will all come back once the split gets closer to actually starting. Yeah. Um. Once once the hype machine begins, and no, uh, I mean this but, is an insane split, right? If only just because 
if if TSM does amazing and TL sucks, then you are gonna it's gonna be like the double if vengeance train. If the opposite happens, it's gonna be like uh Peter was the problem and Twitch chat over and over again or double lift was the problem. Yeah. Uh, when you're chasing greatness. And if both teams do great, then it's gonna be this intense, crazy rivalry. If both teams do terrible, it's going to be hilarious. It's amazing. No matter what, you get something amazing. Yeah, and so I think to a large, I think people will, especially if if Doublelift doesn't do well on TSM, people will definitely remember. uh, And I I think, you know, Grabs is, it will, he's right right now where the the spotlight has definitely came off Doublelift, but I think it will come back if he starts doing poorly. Peter has to prove himself in a way that he. He has it in a very long time. Years, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think he gets cool. that too. Alert, yep. thank you for the call. Anything else you want to say before we move on to the final call? Um, I guess, uh, I guess I wanted to like ask you guys what you guys think about like, is TSM actually gonna be like a good team like next split? Like, I think they're gonna be a good team, but I think like a lot of people are kind of like in a way kind of overhyping them even though they're like gonna be starting with a rookie jungler and i don't think double lift have... will solve their problems no because like they're gonna no. obviously play around him right that means that i guess broken blade is gonna be like weak side or player or whatever i'm not but... i'm not talking i'm this is uh-huh. it's past yeah, this is now my, a big, my allotted big, time is up there's a big yeah. big conversation about it but to answer your short question i do not think that tsm i tsm might get better i do not think that this is the fixed all their problems. I also doubt that they would yeah. say that this is a fixed all their problems. Clip Thanks it, for the call. Shit. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thanks for the call. All right. One last call to go. Uh, Mark heads off now to the waiting room. Uh, the Slather Puss, thank you for the nine months. Smiles ND, thank you for the four months. Lane Plocks, thank you for the tier one. Hell's Ride, thank you for the five months. And uh, uh, Antivirus, yeah. thank you for the two. This could potentially be a long topic or a very short one. Okay. So we'll, what you what what you're thinking once you hear it? All right, Anvil. Thank you for the call. Uh, thanks for calling. Where where are you calling from? I'm calling from New Haven, Connecticut. First time caller. New Haven, Connecticut. First time caller. Welcome to the show. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I know it's a slow week in terms of drama, but one of the things I picked up on was uh, the G Bay '99 drama, where uh, it was a Reddit thread earlier this week where uh, one of his videos got basically plagiarized by PC Gamer. And then he released a video earlier today basically saying that uh, Discord Esports also pretty much produced a dumbed-down version of one of his longer documentaries about uh, Moscow 5. So I kind of want to get your take as a reporter, especially about plagiarism in journalism, especially esports journalism, because there's like a, only a small pool of where people get esports stories and content from, from reporters. Like, it's mostly you, Jacob Wolf, and then leaks and then from directly what we hear from teams so i kind of want to get your uh, perspective on that um okay so i don't i have was completely unaware of like the whole thing with the score so i i can't comment too much on that because i don't know i did read the thread about the pc gamer thing my best guess that would have is what happened there was a pc gamer probably had like they hired some freelancer contractor do, do we know who the author was? Was it somebody who worked at PC Gamer? I, I didn't dive that far into it. Anvil. I didn't look either. I didn't know if, if maybe you did, because this is more up your alley. 
Anvil, do we know, did you catch who the author was on the PC Gamer stuff? Was it a staff member? It's a staff member. It's James Busby. I think he's just a random person at PC Gamer. I don't know. Yeah, so for those that don't know, oftentimes uh, it's very hard to make money with any of these websites. I should know. I tried to. And uh, they oftentimes what you end up doing is you have your core staff and then you have freelancers, contractors, et cetera, because guess what? Like when you are a media company based out of San Francisco, LA or New York, it's a lot easier to pay somebody, you know, I don't know, a hundred bucks, an article or something. If there's somebody living in the Midwest and it's cheaper for them, that covers their entire rent because they're in a flyover state. Um, so I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened here, right? PC gamer said, Hey, we want to get some League of legends articles. You hire somebody who has, not as vetted of a track record as your staff members, but you feel like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Then this person goes and like thinks to themselves like, okay, I will, what should I do? I, I can pitch a video or a thing about how, why do people hate Timo? And then they look up this article and they think, okay, I'll change what that meme about like copy your homework, but don't make it look obvious. Um, they end up doing something that is pretty clearly plagiarism. Uh, so, like definitely nope i doubt that anybody at pc gamer is happy about this right like if this had happened when we were at i was at GameSpot or yahoo esports it would have just it looks really bad for everyone and it becomes this huge uh, scar on it i don't know if pc gamer has said anything about it um i would expect that they would have by now but maybe i don't know uh so that sucks uh the score is a site that does deep research into these stories and produces these long videos it's very smart and it's a very smart model because it i'm sure like they used to do what i do but what i do is incredibly expensive and stupid and nobody should do it and so they just hire a couple of video producers and some researchers to like make out the make these videos and you never have to send anybody on a plane it's great um so i would not be surprised if somebody went and like did a bunch of research on gambit and either or Moscow five and either they found a lot of the same sources that G Bay did, or they watched video like G Bay's video and used a lot of that as the source. Um, again, I haven't seen it, so it's hard to tell if that was plagiarism plagiarism or if they were pulling facts that just coincided with the way that his facts were. I, I don't want to comment on it too much. I don't know what, I don't know where I'm going with this. Anvil, did you have like a uh, succinct I, point uh... at the end of it? Or did you have like a specific question you needed answered? Uh, I just kind of want to get your take, especially as a reporter in the scene. Like, what are possible solutions to like plagiarism? Because it feels like if you go to like esports websites that aren't like the mainstream, like a lot of them are pretty clickbaity. There's not a lot of, a lot of substance. They just take what other people report and just plaster it on their website. So, especially for someone who's like trying to break news, like how does that affect you? As well as like, what oh, well, so like Dot Esports, for instance, writes articles about Mark pulled you, and now <laughs> Mark pulled you now wants me to wrap up the call. Um, well, I, I thought you were going to do something more than ramble for four minutes and then I'm explaining the context for all these things. Uh, so Dot Esports, for instance, does does a thing where whenever I break news, they write a news article about that. It's completely fine, in my opinion. Like, that happens all the time. That's how all journalism does, yeah, it. yeah. Like, I, like New York Boston. Times breaks an article, you're going to see it written up in a bunch of other different places. Yeah. Um, so I guess since I'm under pressure 
to finish this call really quickly. I would say it's really difficult. Esports, like one, the answer to plagiarism is don't plagiarize and like vet people. And if they uh, plagiarize, you fire them and make sure they never work in the industry again. The longer form question about the state of esports media and why there's so few people that can do it is it is just an awful business. <laughs> it's just like, like you, you're, you do something that you think is really great and you want to see a bunch of conversation around it. The Reddit mods remove it. And then, you know, people don't see it that much or you see something, you piss off all these fans and they get angry or, or another esports personality gets angry with you. and starts flaming you on their stuff. And now you've got their army coming after you. Uh, you like, you can't make any money unless you find this very, very narrow window in which you can make really good money. It's like what I've done with this Alienware thing, but that's more because I've become an influencer. It's just shitty. <laughs> so, so that's like kind of the huge problem, you know, is, uh, is like, it is, it is not, we don't have a great system. Everyone runs ad block. It's really hard to make this thing work. And so it has just ended up in a situation where like, you don't have very many sources for good coverage. I mean, the industry is also super small. The audience is pretty small. It, you know, we're, there's no world in which we're going to get close to like NBA or NFL or anything what they have right now in terms of a, an ecosystem. Does that help answer any of your questions? Yep. Yeah. For the most part, I just kind of want to get your take for the most part and just like get your sense because obviously like you mentioned before, like the dot esports before as like kind of like taking your stories and then they get posted on Reddit and they get all the clicks while you kind of get left out there. So that's, I know that's it's like Travis's fault for mismanaging his, his relationships. I mean, I don't, I, I don't mind dot esports doing that. I actually, I read a lot of their stuff because I'll miss it, you know, or they'll write some interesting story about something that I don't know. It's, it's not bad. I don't, I have no beef with them. I do have beef with the Reddit mods. Thank you, Anvil, though, for the call. Uh, anything you want to say before we wrap up the show? Uh, shout out to Jibay. He makes really cool league documentaries, especially for someone who's kind of been watching the esports scene for a while. Uh, shout out to you guys, because when I close my eyes, you really are the league's equivalent to Shaq and Kobe. And uh, shout out Avatar. Did you just say we're Shaq and Kobe? When I close my eyes, yeah. I just picture Shaq and Kobe. Are your ears close to oh, no, somehow? No, not Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Chuck. Jeez. Sorry. Uh, Either Shaq. way, I don't think the analogy works much better. I'm sorry. Which I'm which one of us is Shaq? <laughs> Whichever one, you can decide it yourself. I messed up that analogy, so I feel bad for myself. No, now. no, no. You're you're good. <laughs> you're good. I would have had the same questions regardless if of what you could have said Shaq and anyone, and I'd be like, excuse me? Sh Shaq and Chuck is what I meant. Because of Shaq and Chuck, Shaq and Kobe. Because of the show, right? That they yeah. do. Shaq yeah. and Steve yeah. Kerr. Anvil, sorry, Shaq. I would love to talk to you for longer, but Mark is telling me we got to wrap Shaq up the call. Uh, have a good one. You too. Shaq Take and care. Kenny. All right, Mark. What do you want? I, wanna, uh, I don't want anything. I'm a pretty content person, actually. That's great, man. I'm happy for you. Um, what about you? What do you want? I want people to stick around for my birthday and watch a one-minute bounty I have to do Wait, after this. Wait, when's your this. birthday? in less than two hours wait so you you your ex broke up with you the day before your birthday uh no we kind of scheduled it so her birthday <laughs> is may 17th we were living together and uh so you broke up on her birthday no no no. we 
she told me on our anniversary that she did not want to continue to live with me when our lease was up at the end of May. And uh, I said, okay, well, let's give it a couple of weeks and just, you know, see if there's anything we can claw back. It became very clear that that wasn't going to be the case and that the relationship was beyond saving. And, uh, and so I, I, MSI was on, I, I had to fly to China on May 20th for MSI. Actually, you know, it was All-Stars, the first China All-Stars. This was 2013. And uh, and so I said, okay, and I, I was going to be gone when our lease ended. So I was like, okay, well, um, let's do this. Like, on the 18th, we'll officially break up. I'll go stay at Nick Allen's place. I went and crashed on his couch. And then the next day, I went down to San Diego, spent the day with some uh, friends, and then flew to China. And when I came back, all of her stuff was out of the apartment. And I began uh, the long process of, of healing. You're all better now, buddy. No. No. <laughs> Mark, is there don't, anything... Don't let Nicole see that clip. Is there... <laughs> Mark, is there anything you, you, you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, shout out Netflix having Avatar. Shout out The Great. It was pretty good on, on uh, Hulu if anyone has it and you, you want some of the binge. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel, who I think it was them. I don't know. Somebody sent me. I've not tried this flavor yet, but somebody on uh, maybe a, a birthday gift. I don't know. Somebody sent me this from Amazon, and it showed up today. Uh, and maybe it was Mountain Dew because they DM'd me and said they were going to try to hook it up. But I don't know if that was it was or something else. Um, stick around for the just one minute of the bounty. Uh, that that'll. And, uh, you know, it's a nice birthday gift to, to myself. And uh, everybody have a good good time. Thanks, Mark, for the show. Thanks for... Hey, you too, it. man. You have a great show. Life. <laughs>